Welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, where we are changing the aging narrative. I'm your host, Joanne Newaduck, and I'm thrilled to bring you stories that matter and celebrate your place in the world. As an advocate for lifelong learning, health, and women's empowerment, I believe it's never too late to live the life you've always imagined. Through lively and informative interviews with inspiring guests, we'll explore a wide range of topics relevant to our global sisterhood of vibrant, inquiring women just like you. Join me for today's episode and let's start changing the aging narrative together. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. We have a wonderful show for you today. I have a fascinating guest named Gail Taylor. She is a Canadian songwriter, keynote speaker, author, entrepreneur, and passionate advocate for the power of music to inspire change. Her catalog of 13 published songs draws from her life experiences and imparts invaluable messages, taking center stage in her speaking engagements as well. She is currently penning her second book, Curveballs, or I want to hear all about that, personal stories and tools to inspire folks to take action in designing their own lives. Well, Gail, like you are talking the Fab at 50 language, and I'm so happy that we got introduced and I can welcome you to our show today. So welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joanne. I'm honored to be here. A fellow Albertan. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm so thrilled when we were like, you know, we're always messaging back and forth with guests and, and it's, you know, what time zone are you in? And then when I realized they're in the same, you were in the same time zone, I'm like, where are you? And you're just, you're just a three hour drive north of where I am. I'm in Calgary and you're up in Edmonton. Yeah. So fantastic. Now, I just want to launch this whole talk off with a question that always, I, I, I'm always fascinated with the securitous route people take to get to a given job they're having, right? Quite often we get out of university and it's just very, you know, you take this course and then you end up, now no, you take business, you end up in business. But I find that women in, especially in midlife, are fascinating creatures like you're a singer songwriter, he's written a book, entrepreneur, all of that, but that's not where you started off. Like, I don't think you were in grade four saying, oh, this is what I want to be when I grow up. Like, where did you start off? And like, how did you get here? Yeah. So this is actually chapter two. This is a big shift. So what happened was when I was 58 years old, I started taking piano lessons. Uh, I had been a financial advisor for 23 years. (laughs) I started taking piano lessons. And Joanne, I had no background in music, none. I had never taken a lesson in my life. And so after two years of of it, all of a sudden, music came flooding back into my life. And I was enjoying it so much that I thought, whoa, I'm going to retire a little sooner than I had planned. And I'm going to study music full time. So when I was 61 years old, I retired and uh, I started studying music. It's funny because my husband was teasing me with the with the friends and saying, oh, no, she's going to get underfoot with her retiring. And I thought (laughs) it might be a 
might be a good time to tell them that I plan on studying music full time. <laughs> so I, I did I, not. I'm fascinated. I just have to interject here. Like I, as an adult, quite a while ago, though, took piano lessons. But I think at the end of two years, I was maybe playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So I am just like in awe <laughs> that at the end of two years, like obviously this is like a sacred gift that you had kind of sitting latent inside of you. So I love no, that this is coming out. It wasn't I really natural. Yes, I, yeah, I honor it. But I love <laughs> that you've decided to blossom it. So now you're in full-time studies. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, did you go to yeah, college so, so, but But that two first two years, I was practicing like a minimum of two hours a day. Okay. I, I turned... I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> after okay so two years of studying and i've got like i'm taking songwriting lessons ear training bass guitar keyboard uh, I, i'm just uh taking all of the different uh i'm studying music and i get to study play with places like berkeley school of music because they oh. have online programs and so you don't have to audition you just have to have the money so oh, that's two years ago, I know, I know that I had access to that. It, I, I mean, I thought it was so cool. And so two years later, I thought, well, I'm going to reinvent myself as a musician. Hmm, cool. That's gutsy. I know. And when I told people that, I kept hearing over and over again, oh, my God, that's so inspiring. I'm going to go do something they had put on right. the back burner. And I oh. heard that so often that I thought, whoa, I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to start a business, Gail Taylor Music. I'm going to become a keynote speaker and I'm going to use my music and my personal stories to help folks become their best selves. And Amazing. so, yeah, that's what got me. <laughs> that's what got me here now after 25 years as a financial advisor. I love it. And you're, you know what, when you talk about it, you light up, right? For those of you listening in podcast land, we also do a YouTube, a video recording. So if you want to just see how much following your passion can light you up, take a look at Gail here. And I love that you said that. So, so many of my guests, it's, it's a similar story. There's a similar theme. They're following different paths, but they have found something else in their life that they're like, this fills me up. You know, like retiring is just kind of you're retiring from that first livelihood, that first career. And whether you choose to turn this into a livelihood or into just a passion, it's still something that lights you up. Right. So because that the turning it into a business can be a bit daunting. But tell me a bit more. Like, so once you got into that, what was like you're for, oh, uh, you're not, you're not presenting. You became a, a, you're not a singer songwriter. You're a songwriter and, and you're doing music. So tell me how, how does somebody get into that? Like, who was the first person that said, I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm going to sing your song. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious the behind the scenes, the other side, the yeah, singer so song. That, yeah. So what happened? Obvious. I think what happened there was, songwriting ended up being my super talent. Okay. And I say it's because I talk so much. <laughs> and songs <laughs> songs are just stories, right, that are turned into lyrics. 
Yeah. So in the process of my studying, I hired a private songwriting teacher tutor out of Nashville. Okay. And I still work with her. We co-write a lot of my songs. And so I worked with her. And what happens is um, I actually co-produce. So what happens is we'll write the song. And then after I've got the song written, we'll do a demo. So if we're doing a demo, it's uh, more often than not, she's playing the guitar and she's singing. And okay. I'll if I want the melody to go a different way, what's going on in my brain, how I'd like to see it, um, or whether I want the song to be slow or fast or country or rock. So, so we'll put it together and then I'll send the demo down to the studio that I work with in Nashville and I'll tell them what it is. Like they'll listen to the demo. I'll send them the lyrics and they have all the musicians. I mean, mm. I've got, I've got, when I'm not playing the keyboard myself, my keyboard is, plays for Tim McGraw and the bass player tours with Miranda Lambert. Like these are wow. A-level musicians, right? And oh, it's I'm so, so cool. impressed. Oh, it's so cool to have Did access. Did this just kind of blow them. your mind as this all came together? Yeah, yeah. I, it was just like, I was manifesting it, man. <laughs> I was making yeah, it happen. Yeah, and then they have they have a number of vocalists that you can hire um, okay. that are doing studio work. So I'll listen to the different vocalists on their platform and pick the one that I think is right for the song. Okay. And so now I've also uh, Mallory Trinnell, who is my uh, songwriter, co-songwriter. She's in a band called Crimson Calamity. And so she has sung one of my songs. And mm. then I also put out a call for a vocalist for a rock series that I did. And I found a, a, a young lady in Ottawa who had that nice raspy voice. So I nice. used her on the songs. And nice. then, yeah, I, I either go down to Nashville and, and work with them there or I get on Zoom with them and give my feed my feedback while we're doing the process. And heck, that's it. They send me up the recording and it's done. Oh, I even used a local song, my very first song. Do you know Danny Hooper? I, I don't think I do, actually. He's a fellow Albertan and he's a country singer and he's a MC and an auctioneer. And he sang my oh. first song, which is Love for Country Music. Oh, and it awesome. was a song about my husband and I moving from Ottawa to Alberta. And just immediately falling in love with Alberta and with country music. Oh, I'm going to have to check him out. I want to hear that song. Cool. For sure. Hey, um, Gail, I'm curious because I, like, I am really fascinated with this because I, I know quite a few friends who are singers or singer-songwriters. And I understand their journey. And you've explained quite a bit, like, you know, they get booked in gigs and they get hired this way and then it's their music. I'm just trying to fully understand and appreciate sort of, you know, like, because many, most probably singers out there are not necessarily their own songwriters. So when these people have sung your songs, are you having them sing your song for you and you're creating some kind of album here? Or are they they've taken the song on and now it's their song and you get credit for writing the song. The first Does that make one. sense? 
The yeah, first yeah. One? Okay. and it's the first one, and I am an anomaly. I'm definitely okay. an anomaly in how I approach music because okay. I write the songs, I own the songs, and okay. then I hire people to do all the roles within the songs. Okay. And then I put it out. I actually, my moniker is Gail T as charged. I love this. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that because I was like, this isn't how my paradigm of how a songwriter functions. So like way to go for opening that up for people. Yeah. Like and sometimes the song, cool. the singer wants to be anonymous and okay. I just pay them a straight fee. Sometimes they want to be featured. So I'll go guilty as charged featuring Mallory Trinnell, right? It. So it depends on whether or not they want the exposure or not and, uh, or, or just the, the financial compensation. That's amazing. I love it. I definitely encouraging everyone listening, like go to, tell me your website. It is it. It's gailtaylormusic.com. And I'm everywhere. I'm on Spotify, Apple, I have a YouTube channel. So if they go to Gail Taylor Music, they'll be able to find all the links to get everywhere and they can access the music right from there as well. Amazing. So Mm -hmm. where are you going with all this? Like, are you like, and what I mean by that is, do you love what you're doing? You're going to keep doing the same and, and doing new songs or do you have another vision of where this is leading you? Because I also know you have other aspects. The, the, the music is one part of it, but you're now stepping into more of like inspirational speaking and, and keynote speaking. So where are you headed? Yeah. So I've been speaking now for 25 years, right? Yes. I'm 35. I, and, and so I love being on the stage. I don't have enough talent to play live on the stage, but I love being on the stage and I love helping helping folks level up. My background, I've had experience with addiction, with family addiction. I've had a lot, I've worked, uh, I've been a female in a male dominated industry. So I have a lot of personal stories to share to help folks with their journey. And so on the big stage, I can tell a personal story and share some peak performance tools and then play one of my songs in the background on the big screen. There's a video to go with it. Get all the audience up dancing, take them out of their comfort zone a little bit, (laughs) cause the dopamine to get going. And so, so yeah, that's where the journey is. And that's where um, it's going to go for, well, Ask Mick Jagger when we're retiring. At what age do we retire? <laughs> he'll tell you, or or even Ringo, he'll tell you when it's time when it's time for me to retire. <laughs> I love it. You don't need to retire. Like I, yeah, you're yeah. just following and doing what you're passionate about, which is phenomenal. Okay, so you're out there, you're being a a keynote speaker, organizations can hire you because they want some inspirational speaking going on. That's fantastic. Um, I did notice in your intro um, that you're penning, I love that, penning, typing out. Do you actually use pen and paper to get your ideas down? No, okay. I love that (laughs) term though. A new book called Curveballs. So tell me a bit about that or, or even start with kind of what was your first book about? 
Yeah. So my first book and my career as a financial advisor, I loved it. It wasn't like I just found my first passion and my only passion. I I absolutely loved my job and I was very passionate about it. People were surprised when I retired because I just really, really liked what I was doing. And during that course, like I said, I public spoke. At one point in my journey as a financial advisor, I taught for the University of Alberta for the Faculty of Extension, and the course was called Introduction to the Financial Markets. Mm. And I couldn't find a book that I wanted to use as a textbook for us to follow through, so I wrote one. And so that was my first go-getter. And it was called, uh, yes, you can have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) Love it. And it was a financial planning guide to retirement. It was time sensitive. It was about what was going on in 2000 in the markets and stuff. I was giving real time uh, uh, examples. So, yeah. So that was my first book. And then this one, uh, why I decided to write this one was partly to give me more credibility uh, to be on the stage, especially for the keynote gigs. Um, I hired an entertainment lawyer out of Calgary. And he said, when I talked to him about my journey, he said, write a book, you know, write a book. It adds to your credibility. It'll be my second one. So I know how. And then the other part of it is sometimes you hear a motivational speaker and you really are pumped up and you walk out of there and say, I'm going after my dreams. But then the next day you feel a little less, well, can I do it? And then the next day you're, ah, yeah, I can't do it. And you're off into your own. So the purpose of the book is to, to keep me in your head, (laughs) to keep the momentum. Yeah. Keep the motivation, (laughs) understand the leverage that you need to make, you know, they always say, why do some people succeed and others don't? And I brought it down to follow through. Yeah, true. There's right? follow so through. It's like anything in help. business and life. It's, it's the, the follow up and the follow through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and deciding that that's a real priority and getting the right support. Right. You, you've got this desire, but when people are like, where do I even begin? So I love, I love that you're such really a um, a groundbreaker in the sense of, or, or I don't know, you're like just a real go-getter. It's like you see a need. Okay, I'm not finding the book I want. Well, okay, I'm going to look at me. I'm going to write it. Because what's interesting is when people, and tell me if you've come across this, when people sit there and kind of go, oh, well, that's not me or like that, as if like doing that kind of work is someone else there, someone special. And I'm going, Every single thing that's ever been done out there, every single book that's ever been written out there, is just another average person that was willing to say, I'm going to be the one that steps into the spotlight and shares because I want to help somebody. Yeah, yeah, and so- absolutely. I, I, think, I think it's for everybody. And I do come across what you just said. And you use the term, you know, getting the right support. And I say the way you get the right support is by creating the right support, Yes, right? You create it, you get it by going out and get it, creating the right support. However you do that, that's on you, right? Because that's, that's one of the, that's one of the sort of pushbacks. Oh, I don't have the resources. Well, go get them, 
Well, yes. you know, I, I don't know how to go get them. Well, learn how to go get them. Like this yes. is not rocket science. Living your best life. I mean, you have two choices. You can, for me, the big thing for folks is your internal dialogue. Your internal Absolutely. dialogue is everything. You can tell Absolutely. yourself that you can do it. You can do it. You could tell yourself you can't do it. You can't do it. I know. <laughs> it's on you. What you're, what you're... It's true. And I just came off, um, you know, recently supporting a weekend as, as within the Fabulous Health Programs. Um, belief reparenting is one of the tools I use with my clients in my health practice. And it is all about shifting our internal dialogue, basically. You know, our, I like to say it's, you know, our computers have software, but they also have an operating system. And when that operating system gets outdated, <laughs> you can't run new software. So change your, your uh, operating system. So change right. your thought on, I can't do this. Well, it's, you know, let's flip it to, I can do this. And what do we need to do and bringing it? So I do help people switch that switch and get to the point where they can take those steps without feeling paralyzing fear sometimes that doesn't serve them anymore. Um, but, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone to step out into the limelight. And I don't think either of us are saying, y'all have to go and take up music or write a book. But it's like, there's something, I bet there's something in everybody's life that's listening to this podcast. Just, it might be you wanted to take up painting or you always wanted to learn how to drive a standard car. I don't know. I'm making up stuff, right? Um, I just think it's really inspirational that what you're doing is, is, uh, is saying, you know, find something you enjoy and just go after it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you hit on some really, really good points there. Cause a lot of folks will say to me, they'll say, well, you know, that's easier said than done. And my answer to that is absolutely. You're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be able to shift from having negative internal dialogue to be creating oh. your best life that I mean you're not going to wake up tomorrow and run a marathon either right you got to train for 18 months I've exactly. been studying personal growth and peak performance for 40 years I mean I started in the 70s with Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich Amazing. And, and and so so it's not an easy journey. It's a mm -hmm. lot of work. You got to, mm -hmm. you got to pretend you're going back to, uh, I'm going to be my best self university and you're yeah. designing your own courses and you're buying the books. Um, I, I created this line of jewelry. I've got this, this pendant on that says staying oh, young. And it's young. one of the songs. I wrote a song called Staying Young. And yeah, awesome. for the listeners, go check it out on YouTube because it's so fun. And, and it's about our age group, right? And how yeah. how you, you don't, you know, there's no age that matters. But what, what happened with me, because I, I had a rough, my dad died when I was 12. Oh, my I'm mom sorry. moved back to the city because, uh, she had to, to get a job and there were six kids and she was in her thirties. So wow. I spiraled, I lost it. I went on drugs. I went on alcohol. I had mm. high risk behavior. I was dropped out of school by the time I was 16. So I, I didn't have my beginning journey. Wasn't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that didn't miss a beat. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me. And so when I started on my journey to create the life that I wanted, 
And this is why I did this. Instead of doing t-shirts, I did these pendants to make them a, a tactile item that you can use if you're in your head, just, you know, scratch where it's engraved mm-hmm. and say, hey, that's not the thinking I want, whatever your mantra is, right? Exactly. For, for my mantra was garbage in, garbage out. And I actually stole that from an Olympic athlete. So every time I found myself having negative thoughts or or limiting self-defeatist, I would say garbage in, garbage out. Good when I was in a car and nobody could hear me. (laughs) That's a good pattern interrupt, right? Like you get into a pattern. I like to say, you know, it's, you've become a master at, at, you know, we use a whole bunch of different terms, flipping from inner critic to inner coach. I talk about the itty bitty shitty committee or that broken record that gets going in our head, all of that. What I want from both of us. So if you're listening to this from both of us, we are telling you we have been there. If you're experiencing this and there are ways out and some of the ways are sheer determination and, and latching onto like a, a, you know, like a, a really cool saying, but both of us obviously have worked within that personal growth field and, and there's systems out there. Like I, I use one system, I use many different systems, but one that works really well. I'm sure you've experienced others. So just reach out for help, you know, like ask people ask one of the best ways to, I think for people to get help is find someone that's doing what you like and let them know and just say, I admire you. I find you inspirational. Like that's a pretty good opening statement. Like, where did you go? What did you do? Listen to to uh, podcasts like this so that you can hear the kind of the circuitous route that people are going. So, so Gail, tell me a little bit more um, about like your advice. You touched on it just now, but when you want um, to live their best life, like what do you, is there extra information that you feel people can be doing to live their best life? Yeah. So, okay. So we've touched already on internal dialogue and passion, right? Passion and purpose. And I'm going to just sort of elaborate a little bit more on the passion and purpose side of it, because I really think that it's important for you to be passionate about your career. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of women like in their fifties that are not planning to retire till they're 65. And if they have a dead end job that they hate, then my thought is don't spend the next 15 years of your life doing that dead end job. We spend 50% of our waking hours at our work. And so to me, whatever you're doing should be putting a bounce in your step and you should be enjoying what it is because then it's not work. Then you're just, I was always excited going to work. And then I was always excited coming home to my husband because I I love both of those environments. And so what you love as a job, I might hate, you know, so it's not like people say, no, no, there's nothing out there for me. Yeah, there is. Because, um, well, I'll give you a good example. My son has a, has a job in pest control. And he loves it. He just loves it. He loves talking to the people that are, you know, helping them go through the emotional thing they're going through with having bed bugs in their house. And then he kills them yeah. all off so that they can be happy in their home again. He probably and, feels like a superhero. <laughs> and to me, that would be a nightmare, 
right? That would not be the job for me, man. I would not be wanting to get out of bed in the morning. So, so that's what I'm saying, right? There's going to be two people walking down the street beside each other going to get their coffee. They both hate their jobs, but if they were doing each other's jobs, they would love it. Like it's so go look for something that you're passionate about while you're doing the one you got. Like you'll find the same money. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. I think you'll be able to find the same money and the same benefits and you just have to look while you're still working. Don't give up what you have. Just look while you're still working and find and, and see something like that. Sometimes people love their work, but they're in a toxic environment. That's exactly where I was going to go, Gail. I was going to say the other option that sometimes happens is, yeah, you can love your work, but if you're in a toxic, there's probably another business where you can find, or yeah, yeah. if it's not a toxic, but it's just a drab, shall we say, kind of me, be the spark, be yeah. the person that goes in. So it's not even so much, there is be passionate about the work you're doing and, or, sorry, it, 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 like be passionate about the work you're doing or simply be passionate about the work you're doing. And how I mean that differently is you were saying he loves his job. I've seen people that have taken their, their jobs or careers where they, they were thinking it was like, "Mm, it's okay. I know I'm good at it. It's maybe not my total passion, but what they did is change their mindset and they just became passionate about going into work and doing their work. They showed passion within the work. And after a period of time, they're like, I'm more passionate about all of this. Like it was, they realized a lot of it was more in their own mindset and, and they helped raise the vibe, changing the culture of where you are. Like, I think that's super important. And I love that that, that's what you're supporting um, people to do. Yeah. That internal context that you have, exactly. You don't have to change the company. I actually experienced something like this when I was, uh, as a financial advisor, at the time I had been in the role for about 15 years, I managed about $80 million, but I was missing something Mm. and I didn't know what it was. And so I hired a business coach and he said, okay, what's Gail Taylor all about? What's, you know, your practice all about? And I said, easy. I want to work from now until I retire. I want to make my clients financially independent so that they could retire and have the same lifestyle they have when they work. I want to make myself financial independent so that I can retire and I can go off and I could do philanthropic work and volunteer work and make yeah. the world a better place and help folks. Cause that's what I'm wired to do. Yeah. And that guy said, yeah, Gail, that's not how it works. You don't <laughs> put your, you don't put your purpose in life on hold until you retire. And then go do it. You got to find a way to incorporate it into your work now, or you might as well just sell your practice and move on. So I did all these exercises with them and I learned about socially responsible investing. And so all of a sudden I was able to take my traditional practice change it to a responsible practice, which is the triple bottom line. So now we care about the environment. We care about social issues. We care about governance. You know, we're basically screening out companies that are abusing the planet. 
I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't screen out the oil industry. I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. But what I did was I screened out the companies that weren't spending R&D dollars on alternative energy or better methods than tailing ponds, right? Yes. On the social side, companies that used sweatshops. Yeah. Uh, on the governance side, they wouldn't let women on their board. Yeah. So all of a that sudden, like, oh my gosh, I wish you were still doing that work. You'd have my business. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. Brilliant. All of a sudden I'm shifting. You know, I love that. And that's the thing is like, I, and I know people that it's like, okay, the job isn't like my ooh, job, but they have something passionate in their life. And they realize that their job is good. They're happy. And it's a means to support what they're doing passionate in their life. And I think all of this conversation is basically what is it that's lighting your fire and do it. And if you don't yeah. have something, find it. Right. Like and take so, the risk. Exactly. Take the risk, right. Because I, yeah. I thought I was going to take a haircut. I figured <laughs> that I would lose at least 20% of my business, maybe go down to like 64 million. My clients did not hire me to be a, a do-gooder. Um, and so even though the returns weren't going to change because they were conservative portfolios, I really expected to take a big haircut on my income. And the opposite happened. They loved yep. it. They said, why didn't you bring this to me sooner? Yes. And then by the time I retired, I was up to 130 million. So That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you got taking the risk, understanding there might be a couple of steps back before you go forward. It's worth it. I love it. I love it. Gail, I'm looking at the time and our time is basically up. But before we leave, kind of quick succession, what are your three top pearls of wisdom to share with everyone today? Okay, well, I think you got two of them with the passion and uh, yeah, and the internal chat. And I'm going to go with the third one as being uh, time management. And okay. when I use the term time management, when I learned how to uh, prioritize what's important in my activities versus just getting going through a to-do list, it changed my life. It was a game changer. You know, people always say to me, when do you sleep? I sleep eight, nine hours a night. <laughs> Amazing. But, but, but I don't have stress because I'm always doing something that's important to me and not time sensitive. And Love there's it. lots of ways to get there. One way is Stephen Covey's book, First Things First. That's a real that that's a real good one for this area. But yeah, if you can stop getting on the treadmill and get yourself off the treadmill and get yourself so that, you know, every day you can just sort of cruise through your your day and enjoy the activity you're doing and not be thinking of the next one, it can really, really change your life. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm just going to reiterate these. So right now, learn some good time management priority setting. Okay. Yep. Second, find and, and nurture a passion. Yeah. Right? Of some sort. Yep. And yep. the third? Internal dialogue. Right. And the internal, internal dialogue. dialogue. And if Get you're struggling the... with it. Yeah. If you're, if you're 80% uh, negative and 20% positive, Change it to the opposite, but don't expect it to happen overnight. It's going to yeah. take years. Well, It'll start overnight, but it's going to take just years. Say, or you can take a shortcut and work with a practitioner. It can it can switch in weeks. Okay. Okay. It can switch Good in weeks. Stuff. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm learning from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's the same type of things, but there's shortcuts to learning. Okay. Um, and yeah. we won't get into all of that now, but if you're interested in learning more, contact me and I will let you know. And please go and visit gailtaylormusic.com and check out the show notes. There's links going to be in there. We loved having you on the show today. And I really, I hope to have you back in the future because you're such a joy to talk with. So oh, thank you. I love being here, Joanne. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And when you're down in Calgary, we'd love to meet you in person. Nice. Nice. Yeah, for sure. That'll be awesome. Awesome. Take care, everyone. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. But before you leave, I'm curious, what pearl of wisdom are you taking away from today's episode? I do hope it held some inspiration or information for you to live your best life. If you are not yet part of our sisterhood, I invite you to join our community by visiting our website, fabulousat50.com, and you'll receive a free copy of our ebook, Make Mind Fabulous, 21 Ways to Energize Your Life. It is packed with loads of tips and tricks. Plus, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Remember, keep choosing fabulous. It's never too late to live the life you deserve. Catch you on the next episode.